Welcome to the Hurricane Labs podcast. I'm Heather, and today is part one of our cybersecurity teaching and learning series. In today's talk, I'm chatting with Tom Kopchak, our Director of Technical Operations. We'll reflect on Tom's experience teaching pen testing and defense at Baldwin Wallace, his work supporting competitions like CPTC, and how he sees his experiences fitting into the larger world of cybersecurity. Tom, thanks for taking the time today. Sure thing, Heather. Thanks for having me on this. You do quite a lot in the community to help with the incoming generation of cybersecurity professionals. Can you share a little bit about your efforts? This past spring, actually, I had an opportunity to teach the first time as an adjunct professor. That was an experience and uh, definitely something I'm glad I gave it a try uh, and Mm -hmm. definitely taught me some things that I hadn't really thought of working professionally otherwise. Some of the other stuff I work with is maybe not necessarily teaching, but it's still, you know, trying to focus on education. So I know we talk a lot about collegiate penetration testing competition, CPTC, but building that event, designing it so that it works at a global scale, but also focuses on skills that students need going into the industry, but they aren't going to necessarily get in school and making that a really valuable educational experience. That's been something I've been focusing a ton of effort on the past you know, eight years, probably at this point to uh, kind of turn that into what it is now and uh, really enjoy doing that. And like, like just hearing from students years after they graduate, how that being something, you know, is one of the most valuable experiences they have that that's awesome. Always. I know you have uh, a lot of teaching experience prior to working at Hurricane as well. Yeah. I taught for 10 years in English, both high school and college level. Yeah, so Heather's basically the only reason that anyone at Hurricane Labs writes good. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can claim that, but I, I do my share of editing. I definitely appreciate it for all the stuff that I get published. So it is massively helpful. And it, it's actually interesting to just having conversations with different people uh, who may or may not be in the industry, but at least technically focused, how important it is to have some kind of technical writing background and help with that too, just because we're, we're used to dealing with technologies all day. And uh, when you try to get other people and humans to understand things, it helps to have you know someone else look at that. Uh, you mentioned that you were teaching uh, formal classes for the first time this year. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and some of your other exploits? Sure thing. So I was asked by a professor that I work with, uh, been working with for years to take on one of the classes that they have in their cybersecurity program focused actually around offensive security penetration testing and also detecting and remediating some of those types of issues as well. It was a semester long course teaching those tasks twice a week and uh, got a chance to work with like around 15 to 18 students who are juniors and seniors at Baldwin Wallace University. So that was definitely a, a new experience for me and it really Obviously, I was a college student years ago. It's a totally different position to be at the front of the room and not sitting in a seat and trying to think of things of like, you know, I'll look at what's material and what we want to cover, but how do I make it so that what I'm actually sharing in the classroom is relevant to students? How do I make the, the knowledge that they get as being there something that they can, you know, look back, you know, five, 10 years from now and think, this is still something that was beneficial and this helped me be better in my career. So that that was a challenge just to how do I conceptualize that, materialize it, and turn it into something that can actually be useful 
and doing that every week, preparing for classes was just, I, I, I'm sure you can definitely echo with me on this, Heather, you know, the, t- the time in the classroom is just a tiny, tiny amount of what goes into the overall teaching experience. Oh yeah. A significant amount more work goes into your one hour class or 90 minute class than what the students see uh, in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. And like conference presentation, you don't have to like give someone a project or an exam at the end of it. And Mm -hmm. that's a whole, whole nother different thing. We can talk about that more later, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was uh, something I did a little bit interestingly different, maybe based on some of the stuff I've learned working with Splunk. So you just finished teaching this class, graduation season is upon us, and now the next new wave of new hires are are entering the workforce, which means companies and new hires are needing to work together to bridge the skills gap and bring these new graduates into their fully-fledged roles. What sort of skills should they be mindful to emphasize? So I kind of think it makes sense to break things down into two really broad categories. There are technical skills, and then there are non-technical skills. Honestly, the way I kind of look at it is technical skills, obviously that's going to be important and something that you are constantly going to have to learn, but that's also something that changes and is very industry, company, everything specific. With the caveat there being that there is base knowledge that I think you kind of have to have. So things about like even like basic networking, how systems communicate, what happens when you type an address into a web browser and it loads, what are, like, what does a firewall do versus what does a router do? Some of those basic understandings of this is core technology that it's been similar the past 10 plus years and probably even going in the future is still good based knowledge. I, I think that's important things for, you know, someone coming into the field to understand but like specific knowledge, like, you know, how to configure Splunk to operate in a clustered environment or something like that. Like, I wouldn't expect anyone coming out of college to know that specific skill necessarily. That's something that you kind of have to expect. If you're working for a company that works with Splunk, you would need to know that. Uh, But they would also train you to that as well. That'll be a a skill that's part of your professional development. So that that's kind of on the technical side, I think, you know, base technical, like, common understanding that you kind of expect someone to have that's important but the specific stuff you you really have to expect that that is something a company should be teaching you as part of the training process and like this is actually a question more than one student asked me it's like when i'm looking for a job companies just expect me to know all this stuff and like for an entry-level position no like i know we at hurricane labs we hire people and at plenty of entry-level roles, like in the SOC and the Splunk roles. And there's certain things that we're looking for, but like, we don't expect someone who's just hired into the Splunk team to know how to, you know, architect a Splunk environment. So that's uh, something that I think a lot of times people who are graduating, going into new positions, almost might set the bar a little too high as to what technical knowledge they're expected to have for a new role with the experience level that they have. Yeah, that's something we've talked about is, you know, the company having realistic expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the values too of having like internship programs as well, uh, either as part of the program or potentially something else even beyond that where you you give students the opportunity to work in a 
realistic environment that is actually letting them do the type of work they would do would do as professionals. What about non-technical skills? So I almost think that this is more important or at least equally important to the technical skills. I don't know if everyone agrees with me on this one, but I think, you know, hear me out and let's see if we end up with a common understanding. But I think, you know, regardless of what you're going to do technically, you're going to have to interact with others and you're going to have to communicate with others. So like as much as, you know, some of maybe the, the, the more introverted people, including myself, I will add, uh, you think, you, you know, you can just hide in a room all day and never talk to another person again in your life. Uh, that's not how the real world works. I mean, there might be some roles where you can do that, but realistically, pretty much anything you're going to have to talk to people in some capacity. So like understanding verbal communication, nonverbal communication, looking at a person, reading body language, reading inflections and voices and those sorts of things that can be really useful to especially when we're working remotely too, to try to understand if someone's confused, uh, needs some more information or clarification, if they're frustrated or not, just, just trying to pick up on those sorts of things. Uh, we, we write a lot in this industry. You might not think like I'm writing an essay or an English paper, like you might be, you know, used to grading there, Heather, but like emails, that, that's something where like ticket updates, all of those sorts of things that are our, communication method with clients, that is really a huge way that we communicate and kind of stick ourselves out there as someone who is another human interacting with the human. When I was talking about this in class to students, they, they might've thought I was crazy, but I'm like, sometimes when I need to write an email that I know other people are going to read, I will have other people here proofread it and give me feedback on it. And, and just the concept of that seems foreign to a lot of people, but like there's times, like we all know when you, there's things that are bigger issues that it's something you send is going to get passed around and read by other people and you don't want to look like an idiot. So <laughs> you miss stuff in your own writing because you know what you intended. Yeah. You know what you mean to say and your brain will skip over, you know, typos, it'll miss, it'll skip over, you know, doubled up words, things like that. And someone who's reading it cold will see them. Oh yeah. It's so much easier to see that in someone else's writing mm -hmm. than your own. Definitely something that I found really useful to try to do. And uh, like, actually one of the assignments that I had the students do was like, I wrote up five emails and had them write a reply to each of them as a graded homework assignment, because that's the professional writing that we got to do. And I think that's a really good experience. And that's something I never was taught how to do in school. And that's what you do with CPTC too, is you, uh, it's CPTC is more than just your, you know, the competitors having the technical skills, but they have to engage with the, with you, with you, the organizers, you know, as a, in a sort of role play environment, right? Exactly. So all the interaction for that is in character. Like you're working with the client, like when they send emails, they're expected to address the person that they're talking to as if they're the customer that they're working with. And that. I think is something that the role playing and all of that is, is not normal for a lot of the, the training events, but because we want everyone to have that experience of this is what it's like in the real world. We, we try to do that. And I think there's also a big difference between different types of communication too. So like the way I write an email is different than the way I write uh, an internal, you know, step-by-step -step documentation for something. And, and that's different from how I write a public tutorial that we post on our website. 
So kind of knowing how to adjust the documentation so that it's adaptable to different environments and different audiences. And I think focusing on kind of the lowest common denominator a lot of times is good for that sort of thing too, so that you don't make assumptions about knowledge and that can lead to potentially bad assumptions happening. Not, yeah, that's that audience awareness and the, the purpose awareness. You need to know who is going to be looking at it and what to what end are they looking at your document? Oh, yeah. And, and kind of speaking of audience awareness, I think that ties into presentation skills mm-hmm. as well. So like, I know, what is there like some survey and this I'm probably pulling out of, you know, nowhere, but like on average, people would prefer to die than to have to give a presentation in front of people or something I've, I've seen. Like, so, like yeah, well, that no, is preferred over public speaking. I, I was one of those people. Like I, so when I was in, you know, high school and early college, I am one of those people that was like, you know, handshaking and standing in front of the class, trying to give my little required speech to my, you know, high school teacher and stuff like that. And then of course I went into, you know, teaching, which is public speaking every day in front of perhaps the most uh, hostile audience you can possibly have is a room of 15 and 16 and 17 year olds that you're trying to teach grammar to. Uh, it doesn't get much more hostile than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's, 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 it takes a lot of work and that's something that, you know, we, you, you might hate it, but it is, it's a necessary evil. And that's something that does take practice and can be improved upon with practice. I promise you, uh, I took, I just kept taking every single, you know, with my electives, acting classes and communication classes that required giving speeches until, uh, you know, I just became more comfortable being up there. But I mean, those presentation skills are important. And it's something that people shy away from and avoid because, you know, it is intimidating. It is hard, uh, but they're so important. They are so important. Yeah. And my, in my case, like music performance has helped me a lot with being able to present because it, essentially you're performing either way. Mm-hmm. I still remember the first time that I did like a major music thing. And this was just like sixth grade playing one thing on the organ at a church service for in front of the entire school. And that was the most terrifying thing in my life that I can remember. I will say it does not wear off, but like there are things that you are more comfortable with than others and you get better at managing that. So uh, I think even, you know, having experience giving presentations, there's still things that make you more nervous than others. So Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to think it just, just goes away. But I, I, I think that, yeah, it's really important to be comfortable with public speaking. And one of the things I actually did in class is the beginning of each class, every student once at least had to pick a topic from something in the news and lead a conversation with the class about what that was related to information security. So this required, you know, everyone to at least be aware of things that were going on. And then also have a conversation with people about the significance of that and answer questions and share some information about that. So my thought process along the lines of that was there's always going to be situations where we have to talk about things. There's going to be clients, family members, anyone in between who's going to have concerns, questions about something that's going on. And how do we get comfortable communicating that, talking about it, and responding to different viewpoints about it? Like giving presentations and sharing that information, the audience is going to vary, of course. Other things about public speaking, like 
I think having good mentors through the process and practicing that is a really important thing to do. I I've done this before uh, and I hope to actually get back in doing it more, but like just being someone who can turn, you know, help someone turn a presentation from something that, you know, is okay to something that's really awesome is something that I love doing. And uh, like that said, I still work with speaking coaches too, like for SplunkConf upcoming in a month. I've been working with the same coach from Splunk for the past three, four years. And every time I learn something new too about how to be better. Changing gears a little here. Something I've found daunting as a learner has been how dynamic technology is, meaning like how it changes and how quickly it changes. So as someone who's been in the field longer, what's your perspective on that issue? And how do you recommend incoming uh, techs view that changeability? Things evolve. And I think being in the technology field, things evolve and become obsolete. And I, I know they say in the tech field, as you start, the things you learn in your first years in college are obsolete by the time you graduate. I, I think I have kind of different viewpoints about that. There are things that were definitely really good knowledge. And I think college should focus on the skills that aren't going to be becoming obsolete, or at least maybe give you some knowledge that you can apply later. Try to focus on the things that are going to stay the same and the base knowledge that you can know the goal, the objectives, the, the how and the why maybe, but not necessarily specific details. And, and from there, you use skills and research and look into new technologies and, and, and find a way to solve the problem. So I think, I think if you know the, the what you need to do, uh, you can figure out the how. What's a key takeaway that you'd want someone to really focus on from your reflections? So I think the biggest one for me has been the really, how do we take you know, everything that we've learned as professionals and package it into something that is kind of like a hard hitting set of these are the things that'll help you be successful. And I think focusing on the skills that we know people are going to need and we see the biggest areas for improvement in the industry are going to overall help everyone to get into a better spot professionally. So like a couple of things that we've talked about, you know, the, the communication skills, being able to effectively share information with others, like that being a huge takeaway, if everyone can just move the needle a little bit further to become better at that, I think we're all going to end up in a better spot. And if we can make that at least, maybe not necessarily a primary focus, but at least a key component of all technical education, I think that'll make a, a big difference for us as an industry. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tom, for taking the time today. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. And uh, we'll see everyone back for part two of this. That's all for today. In part two of this series, we'll dive into strategies for structuring and delivering a training program designed to teach the skills desired in technical professionals, including soft skills like communication and presentation. Until next time, stay safe.